is Pastor Justin Krupski. Welcome to Bringing It Home. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, bringing it home, bringing Jesus home. He is uh, the it. Um, what I want to do is center in on what we're actually doing at our church this weekend. We're actually going to be talking about the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is transfigured and you begin to see the glory of God in Jesus. That Jesus is, in fact, God. And the disciples see this and they take account of it. And the cool thing and that's what I want to get into today, is that when God the Father speaks in that moment to the disciples and they hear his voice, as there's a cloud that envelops Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, so God the Father says, this is my son, with him I am well pleased, listen to him. And so listen to him. I wonder how are we doing with listening to him, how are we doing with bringing it home uh, with us? As I was thinking about that, I was just thinking about listening to Jesus and thinking about the Sermon on the Mount. What I want to do is just read this with you, read some of it, and just consider possibly reading this with our kids. This is going to be the message paraphrase of the Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel of Matthew, chapters 5 through 7. And so it says, When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions, and this is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God in his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink is the best meal you ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. It's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. Persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt season that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bears, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you here on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Now don't suppose for a minute that I've come to demolish the scriptures, either God's law or the prophets. I'm not here to demolish, but to complete it. I'm going to put it all together, pull it together in a vast panorama. God's word is more real and lasting than the stars in the sky and the ground at your feet. Long after stars burn out and the earth wears out, God's word will be alive and working. Trivialize even the smallest item in God's word, and you will only have trivialized yourselves. So take it seriously. Show the way for others, and you will find honor in the kingdom. You're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot, and you just might find yourselves hauled in the court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister, and you are in the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. And you know the next commandment pretty well, too. Don't go to bed with someone outside of marriage. But don't think you're 
preserved your virtue simply by staying out of bed. Your heart can be corrupted by those lustly even looks even quicker than your body. Those leering looks you think nobody notices, they also are corrupt. And don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk saying, I'll pray for you, and never doing it, or saying God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. Making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your own way, you go wrong. Here's another old saying. Deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stay in there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make it a present. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice a servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. And you're familiar with the old written law, love your friend, and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. If someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For when, for then you are working out your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish. To everyone, regardless the good and bad, the nice and nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Your kingdom subjects now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others, the way God lives toward you. Be especially careful when you're trying to be good so that you don't make a performance of it. It might be good theater, but the God who made you won't be applauding. When you do something for someone else, don't call attention to yourself. You've seen them in action. I'm sure play actors, I call them. Treating prayer meeting and street corners alike as a stage. Acting compassionate as long as someone is watching, playing to the crowds. They get applause, true, but that's all they get. When you help someone out, don't think about how it looks. Just do it quietly and unobtrusively. That is the way your God who conceived you in love, working behind the scenes, helps you out. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in the box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In prayer. Jesus says, there's a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. And so Jesus keeps going and going and going. And parents, I want to encourage you to bring it home. Again, this is the message paraphrase. Uh, my challenge for you and my challenges for myself this week is to actually open up the scriptures and read the Sermon on the Mount with my kids. 
Uh, maybe I'll just get through half of it, maybe the whole thing. But there's so many deep truths. And the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon ever preached. And again, God the Father right, says, listen to my son. And so may we listen to Jesus and may we teach our children to listen to Jesus. May you bring it home this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Bringing It Home. Join Pastor Justin at Trinity Lutheran Church this or any weekend. Check out trinityutica.com for the most up-to-date schedule. While you're there, click on the media library and select Bringing It Home to ask questions or to subscribe.